Okay. Okay. Uh, you're plugged in. Okay. I'm plugged in. I don't know about this. This is weird. What? This where we're looking at each other? I mean, we're always looking at each other. But we're sitting across from one another. Yes. Cheers. I can smell your breath. <laughs> we're not that close. <laughs> can you really? Yeah, I'm waft- kind of far away. It's wafting. Mm-mm. Nasty. You didn't brush your teeth this morning. No, I don't brush my teeth in the morning. Come on. I don't. We just had this whole discussion last night about brushing teeth at night, which I know is a different discussion. Yeah. And you asked, do you brush your teeth at night? And I said, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. Because that's the most important time to brush your teeth. I I'll agree. give you that. If you're going to brush your teeth once a day, at night is the most important time to do it. Mm-hmm. But why wouldn't you do it in the morning? I don't know. I just don't do it. I mean. It's mostly in the morning to get rid of the film that is built up overnight. Which is really just on your tongue, by the way. It's well, not on your teeth. There's still a stench. Yeah, but you eat something and it goes away. Nasty stench. The second you consume some food, the morning breath is gone. No, it mixes with it. How often do you floss? Don't matter. Oh, mister, I brush three times it a day. Don't matter. I brush two times a day. And don't matter. Don't matter. I use mouthwash. That's the same thing. It gets in between the teeth. <laughs> A mouthwash is not going to dislodge that popcorn kernel well, that's been a, in there for six months. If there's a popcorn kernel, then a floss happens. A floss. What session. if you don't know what's there? You can always tell. My mom tells a story of a friend of theirs. And, um, Turn off that phone. My, my mom is calling. Oh, yeah, you just, all right, say hi quickly. Okay. Hello? Hello? Hi, look at who's here. Hello. I know. We're recording down in the basement. We're recording down in the basement. I got closer to the mic like you could hear that better. <laughs> should move your mom closer to the mic. Oh, yeah. What's your... What are you going to do? I moved you closer to the mic so you, people could oh. hear you. Oh, hello. I'm Autumn's mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're recording an episode. Can I call you back? Of course you can. Of course you can. Thank you. All right. Well, Greg, it was very nice to see you. Well, not that you're in person for me, but it's still good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Maybe I'll okay. see you soon one day. Huh? Maybe I'll see you soon. You will when uh, we go to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. So in like three weeks. Right. Yeah. Three weeks. Three weeks. Ugh. Take Hi. There's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Hi, Dad. All right. I'll let you go so we can do this, okay? What's the topic? How we met because we're in person. And we're answering some questions um, that someone asked on Facebook about us. So we're going to do that. Cool thing. So did Eric come up to see you guys? Come up with- he didn't come up to see us. He came up for a wedding. And then we oh, surprised so him with Greg. We all got together, yeah. Yeah. Oh, how I saw fun. it on Facebook. I know. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. Okay. Well, okay. well have a good show. Thank yep. you. Love you. Yep. Love Bye-bye. you too. Call me later. Bye. 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 Mom, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. So my mom, who I just was talking about, which well, is kind of interesting. Quickly, no matter how old I get when I speak to someone's mom, it's like, become the polite little boy. Yeah. Hi, Hello. how are you? My voice is going to come up a little bit. I'm not threatening. I'm just a little boy. <laughs> I'm just a friend of Autumn's. And <laughs> there's no worry. Yeah. I don't like to fuck. <laughs> because if I did, I'd speak like this. <laughs> yeah. Hi, mom. Oh, you're a pretty hot mom. Show me more of that butt. Hey, mom of yeah. autumn. I like moms. Are you a MILF? 
Yeah, maybe I'll see you soon. I really don't give a shit if I do because I just want to bang your yeah. daughter. <laughs> I just like to bang bitches in general because I'm a dude. Hi, Mom. Hi. Hi, Autumn's Mom. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I just want to bang. It's nice to see, see you. Doesn't sound as no, bad. No, uh-uh. I like big titties, Mom. <laughs> okay, let me finish this little bit of the story. Okay. My mom has a story has a friend's husband who went to the dentist and pulled a popcorn kernel that he didn't know about out of his tooth. And they were saying like, that's like, this was gross. This was becoming infected. I'm glad that we got it because maybe we would have had to whatever. And, uh, he said, I haven't had a pop. I haven't had pop. The last time I had popcorn was like six months ago. And so, the story that we always laughed about was that he said, well, I'm never eating popcorn again. Instead of saying, like, maybe I should floss more. <laughs> like, nope. Fuck popcorn. That's an easier thing to do. Not eat the popcorn. Yeah. Flossing? Too much. Let's get one more. LaCroix is the official drink. No. No. <laughs> Why not? Because. Maybe we could get an endorsement. I don't want one from them. I want one from Schweppes. Oh, Schweppes. You know, I was listening to someone. Oh, it was. Uh. Pete Holmes on his podcast and he was saying that he doesn't really get sponsors in the way like the network gives him people that he should talk about. He likes certain products and reaches out to them. So maybe we could reach out to Schweppes and say, hey, we're, uh, you know, small, but, you know, a little bit of a growing podcast. Well, and I think the first thing they would say is like they would say, start pronouncing the name of our company correctly. Well, we would have to. I right. think calling it Schweppes would give it some staying power, and that could catch on. I understand that these people protect their brands to no end. Yeah, the doorbell's ringing That's probably upstairs. that little girl. Yeah, I'm well, not answering it. I ignore her. She's back. She came back. Maybe she's got, a ghost. Now you got to fill people in on this. So we were getting ready to start <laughs> recording, and a little girl rang the doorbell upstairs. Mm-hmm. I, am, I answered the door, and she starts. She has a little cup of pink lemonade, and she starts telling me prices of the pink lemonade stand she has around the corner. Which I'm sure is just country time lemonade that they mixed up together that cost them two nineteen at the Safeway, uh, and uh, she's telling me around the corner you can come and get it or we can deliver it. I was like, oh, you know, well, my son is sleeping and my daughter's not here right now. Uh, you know, when they come back, can we come and find you? She's like, okay, when? I was like, I don't know. She said maybe like she's so she's like um twenty minutes. I said, well, it's gonna be longer than twenty minutes. Do you guys know how long you'll be there? She's like, no. We can bring it to you. Like, look, no. That's what she's doing. Kid. She's bringing she's it back. to you. She's back. Didn't she also say, have you heard of it? Have you, like yeah. the rumors have been swirling around she the She talked about it being around the corner. She's like, have you heard? Have you heard? No? Was there a. Well, where have you been? Everyone's been talking about our pink lemonade. Wow. It's the best in the biz. Mm -hmm. No. Sorry, little girl. I'm going to go around the corner and I'm going to say, a little girl came with uh, some lemonade. And they're like. That little girl's been dead for 30 years. Ooh. And then you're drinking the lemonade. What is it actually at that what point? I look down and it's just like ash. <laughs> a ghost delivered ash to me. She's a little girl. La, la, pink lemonade. She's going to show up. I'm going to wake up from a sleep. She's going to be beside my bed. Pink lemonade. Small ones are a dollar. But then that inspires you. Tall cups you. are a dollar fifty. <laughs> that inspires you. Well, if she's been dead for a while, the prices probably be cheaper. A nickel. 
for them to be is a she dollar. Adjust, is she adjusting for inflation after death? Because if she's been dead for a while when she mm. was selling lemonade, it was probably a nickel for the small. No, glass because that's like a dime. 60 years ago, not okay. 30 years ago. <laughs> okay, fine. A quarter and 50 cents. Well, they shouldn't be a dollar. I'm not they arguing are, They that. are making a huge profit today. I think this is a marketing opportunity for your own pink lemonade, Dead Girls Pink Lemonade. That's the brand. <gasps> la, 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 la. And then, you know. I love pink lemonade. Products. She had an accident dying. She died somehow making the pink lemonade. <laughs> she was dying the lemons pink, and it was poison dye. Oh, yeah. Lead-based. Yeah. It was a slow death. Oh, yeah. She went nuts. She was poisoned. Slowly poisoned. But you know how these companies put their stories on their packaging? Our backstory, Pepperidge Farm. In 1843, yeah. the Pepperidge brothers opened the farm. And that's not true. Yeah, but, think about what's that. Um, I remember our old country home. <laughs> yeah, so you could put this backstory. Of this little girl who died horrifically. Yep. And how she showed up at your I house. I was a little girl. I used to be alive. I made pink lemonade. <laughs> I dyed my yeah. It's like the um, bluebell. It's a long story. You're into it. I dyed my lemons pink with lead paste paint, and I slowly went insane. Dead girl lemonade. <laughs> the sweetest dead girl lemonade you can get for a dollar fifty-four large cup in this life or the next. Ooh, the best lemonade in this life or the afterlife. There it is. Dead girl's lemonade. This was very productive. This pre-show is yeah. really, we should do the shows together more often. I agree. So. I feel like the ideas fr uh, flow a little more freely. I agree. So how do we make that happen? All right. So that's like every weekend. We would, mm -mm. we, okay. If we really were going to do that, we would spend, how much did you spend on the train to get here? Was it? 80 each way or was it? $77 here. Okay, so it was the same. And then 80 something back, 86. Okay. What is that? 120? It's a lot of money I spent on this autumn. Thank you, Greg. So 120, like twice a month, we'll switch back and forth and we'll record like three shows on a Sunday. Okay. You really want to do that? You think you can pull that off? No, I don't think I can. <laughs> But I would like to do that. Don't throw that stuff out there then. How about once a month? Then do four shows in one day? It's, you know how that goes. That's a lot. I don't even think three in one yeah, day. Yeah, that would be tough. I do like doing it one in one day. We could do it. We could take an hour break in between. If we did, if we did it twice a month and we did two in one day, that's fine. Because you could do a show in the morning and then have the day and have another show. Mm -hmm. We put a lot into this. Yeah. This isn't us BSing. No, I know. Let's. I, I like that idea. This is our soul. It is very important to me. We put our souls on the line. This isn't uh, like some other podcast you may listen to that I won't name, mm -hmm. where it's just people effing around. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of effort put in, but what? How much content does that effort have? Yeah, don't mistake. Uh, it's like I've been lifting weights all day. Here's a pencil. I've been lifting. It's my weight. Yeah, or I've been doing curls, which are the. Biceps are not that important. That's so a, we, what are we? We're the, um, we're the, the, what are your leg muscles called? Which ones? Quads? These up top. Hamstrings? No, hamstring? Yeah. Is that a muscle? Yeah. It's not a string. It's the not hamstring. a ligament or something? Yeah, the hamstring. Muscle. Okay. What's the one on the top of your thighs? The quad. Yeah, we're the quads. Yeah, very Podcasts. important. Important. Calves. 
calves. No. <laughs> my calves are real tight. Always. I'm going to open up my Schweppes. Listen to those bubbles. Let me tell you about the Schweppes. You leave the cap off of Schweppes, you have a can of Schweppes, you leave it open overnight, the bubbles are still still there in the morning. I have not come across that with any other seltzer brand. No, they all go flat. Especially something like a LaCroix left out. The next day you're drinking it, it's like... In five minutes, it's flat. That's true. Well, okay, so even then, you're drinking it flat, it tastes... The only thing that helps LaCroix is the bubbles. Because without the bubbles, it tastes like a lemon farted in the room. Which is also a variation of Dead Girls Pink Lemonade. <gasps> Lemon farted in a room. It's a, once we get established in the market. It's a little more rock and roll. And we start putting out different flavors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's also talk about where we are. We're in my basement. Which there's is, a cat. There's a cat roaming around opening cabinets. But the cat's in there, right? Well, You're going to close the cat into the... Dead girl lemonade. What a perfect way to say. I hope you don't die today. <laughs> like me. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. What? What's your name? <laughs> My name is Autumn Fisher. My name. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to press the gas. I could, it wasn't happening. My name is us. Try it again. Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ, and I am at Autumn's house here in Maryland. We are uh, doing the show together for the. Why are you pointing at me? Touch my finger. We're We're touching. touching. We're in person. Just hold hands throughout the show. <laughs> I can't really um, get my notes, but I have yeah, to keep sure, constant fine. contact with you. You don't have to come up with lies. You could just say no. No. Okay. So we're doing the show together. It's actually the only only the second time we've ever been in the same room doing the show. Yeah. We've tried true. in the past. We had a we had a weird one where we tried to record together and it just didn't. It just wasn't the right day. It wasn't happening. I had a meltdown. Yeah. I didn't want to record one day yeah. in person. And then the other time we tried, there was a mic problem. That's real exciting stuff. So continuing on, today's topic, Autumn. And I'm, well, I always want to preface things. I don't know why. Maybe I don't need to. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. But because we are here together, you wanted to do a show that focused on us. And I'm worried maybe it's a little too self-indulgent and people don't care so much about us. Uh, deliver the topic first. Well, the topic is how we met. Or how we became friends. And the topic really is Autumn and Greg. I think it is Autumn and Greg. Because there's more than that. There, there have been people who have expressed interest in knowing about our history. See, that's the thing. It is self-indulgent. But first of all, kind of what is this show? It is kind of self-indulgent. Like, I need to tell you everything I think about socks. Well, we haven't done that one yet. We we I do want to do that. And you're right. You're exactly right. I think anyone who's doing any kind of podcast... That's about their opinions and thoughts yeah. on things. If you're not just doing something strictly informational, sure. Okay, it's self-indulgent. You've you've knocked me down a notch there. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's bad. If it's self-indulgent and we don't like what we're doing or I don't think, I don't know, I think what we put out is interesting and entertaining, thought-provoking, 
I so agree. If, I, yeah, if it wasn't that, then I think that we would just be stroking our ego. I, I want, I think it also comes off, there is sincere modesty in it. It's like, yes, we do this. I do think it's a very good show. I am very proud of the work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but by no means do I think I'm an expert on anything. And if someone said, you were wrong, or I think this is, okay, sure. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Like I'm not that invested in my actual beliefs. They're my beliefs and I, they're constantly evolving and I'm working through them. Exactly. It's just the, when we talked about the polyamory, we've got a couple messages about people and their polyamorous lifestyle. And I'm, I don't look at them and like, oh, what a bunch of bullshit. These guys are kidding themselves. No, I'm just like interested. I want to know more. Yeah, and that's mature of you because on the polyamory show, you were clearly, yeah, if like, someone's this into this, they've got mental issues. Yeah, <laughs> and I do kind of think that, but I also am definitely interested in hearing someone tell me otherwise or, you know, I, I'm, I feel the same way. I'm fine with a flexible opinion. I think that's an opportunity for an actual follow-up to one of our shows. Yeah. Getting some of these people. I, I would like to have them on if possible. Uh, I don't know how we could actually do that since, you know, for the most part, we're not even in the same room. We'd have to do that weird disguising of the voice. like. Oh, we could do that. Yes. I don't want you to know what my voice is because this is a lifestyle that other people will judge. My mom doesn't know. And they're in a shadow. Yeah. Uh The silhouette. So, but I was just saying in general, maybe before in Atlanta at some point, whatever, that's a logistical thing. Don't Hmm. need to talk about it on the show. So. Because people have expressed interest, one of the things I think I was going to say about our show that does make it work is our relationship. I think, you know, we're close. We have good chemistry, and I I like to think that comes off when people listen to the show. Yeah, we're just great. Well, now you just ruined that. Like, (laughs) it's maybe true, but (laughs) it's modesty. Remember when I said that thing about- Oh, yeah, yeah. We're all right. I mean, there are people who are better than us. It's not a big deal. But that is that has brought people to wonder about our past together. Mm-hmm. How do you get to this point? Yeah, and be such great people with one another. <laughs> so great. So we're going to address some of those questions, and the reason we're doing it uh, today is because I'm here. We're together. Yeah, it would be. I think it would be a waste of being in person to just talk about something else. We should talk about something that is about us. Socks. Socks. That'll be some other day when we're tired. I am still pushing that show. I know. I uh, Again. I like the idea of it, but I don't know if I have enough. This is too much logistics. Okay, go ahead. No, you can figure out enough. Again, if we are able to pull off a show on socks and it's entertaining and yeah. good, then we've got everyone's trust. You're right. You're no right. matter what in the, the subject you put out there, topic, people say, you know what? I remember that socks episode. And that was pretty good. I didn't have a lot of faith in that socks episode, but I, God damn it, I loved that one. <laughs> I loved that one. Yeah, wow. That was my, I told all my friends. I listened to it. Hey, what podcast do you like to listen to? Well, there's one called One Topic. Well, what's that about? It's a different topic every week, but. Uh, yeah, what was their last one? Socks. Socks? Yeah, man. That doesn't sound very interesting. Yeah, it was, though. Really? That's the thing. Interesting. I okay. know. I trust you, Bill. So, you know what? I'm going to download this uh, podcast right now. Good, and I trust Autumn and Greg. So who is that? The people who host the podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, I see that now because I've downloaded it. Okay. Oh yeah, no, I'm looking here now. There's a show called Autumn and Greg. So <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's the topic. <laughs> so we'll, we, you know, we're just going to answer a few questions. I think is the way we're going to proceed through this show. Yeah. 
And uh, should we talk about how we met? Well, that's the, fir- that's the first question okay. that has been posed, mostly by Jill, who's a fan on the fan page. Yeah, thanks, Jill. Maybe she's not a fan. Maybe she's a non-fan on the fan page. She's a curious person. It's weird to say fan. I don't like to think that I have fans. I that's that modesty thing again. An idealized image, Autumn, that if I go against it, it really bothers me. So Jill posed most of these questions. Uh, the first one was, how did we meet? Uh, we met as interns at 96 Rock, uh, Clear Channel. Greg was an intern before me. So when I came in, I was new. And he, to me, he knew everything. Um, and the first thing that I remember liking about you was... My I face? <laughs> Besides your buddy. My backwards DC shoes hat and hemp wrapped ball bearing necklace yeah besides that i mean that was because this was 2002 yeah i think it was 2002 it was 2002 so oh um i followed you into a production room because i was watching you i don't know edit or just like shadowing you i guess and you went in the room and you made lots of weird sounds and were like yelling super loud and (laughs) There's just something about you being so weird, and I loved it because I I do love like a weird weirdo. I loved that you were uh, yeah you were like you know like stuff like that, and then like while you're editing while you're editing you're saying like fuck. Can I tell you something? Now that I'm video editing and I'm in an open office space, not a production studio, I'm still doing that. And the people who sit in the row next to me and cry, I'm still like, fuck, what? This shot sucks. This constantly still. That does still exist. Really? Yeah. Do they say anything to you about it? No, people like it. Okay. I've presented it in a way where I am not threatening. And maybe that's part of it. I took you into a production studio. That's true. I wasn't scared. Yeah. I didn't try to put the moves on you. No. I just acted like a real weirdo. Yeah. Even though you thought I was cool. And if I had known that, maybe I would have put the moves on you. Uh, no, no way. <laughs> just, I, would just, I would have shut down even more. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't know I was cool. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. But so we were interning for the regular guys morning show, 96 mm-hmm. Rock at the time. And we were the same age. Yeah. And that's part of why we became friends. I think if there was a big age gap, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Um, so, sure. I kind of grew from there. I didn't know. But you thought I was, was cool. Did you not think I was cool? I probably uh, wasn't cool. No, I thought you were cool. I just, uh, it was at that point in my life, I, I don't, I wasn't down on myself so much, I guess. I just didn't think that, you know, you would have interest in hanging out. Not anything, just, just in general. But we did hang out. Yeah, I'm just talking about the very first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like, oh, here's this girl who's got different colored hair. Oh, yeah. And it was just like uh, red and blonde. Yeah, right? that's yeah. But yeah. to me, it's like, whoa, she's really, what's she doing with her life? Who does their hair like that? They really have confidence and don't give a shit. Hmm. You don't feel like you were putting on that, uh, I don't want to call it an act, portraying yeah. that image. No. Anything I do is really just because I like I like it. I never think like, this will help me feel more confident. You know, I think, though, when you like things and you do them and 
by default, it's relaying a bit of confidence. I guess so. I am kind of confident. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, you sure about that? Yeah. You confident about you being confident? <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially in situations like I feel like I can kind of turn it on a little bit, you know, like a little, I don't know, be a certain way. Okay, so I can just like a waitress, right? Like a waitress can read the table and say like, okay, these people want to be left alone or these people want to have a little party with you. You want They want you to be like the cruise director on, of this table. You can decide that. And I kind of feel like I can decide that in a room. And so, yeah, I think I'm able to adapt in that way. So I think that that might be the confidence part. Well, I'll tell you this right now. I think if there was anything that annoyed me about you, yeah. we're jumping ahead here, was when you turned it on. I was like, why is she putting on an act? Really? And, you know, I was... <laughs> There was times like, oh, Autumn's doing this thing again. Yeah. It wasn't like a nasty annoyance. Like, I didn't dislike you. Mm -hmm. It just seemed... I just thought, why does she feel like she needs to do that? But this is after establishing a friendship. Going back uh, to us first meeting, I think quickly, you know, there's initial impression, which is not even speaking to someone, judging them on their looks, which I know this doesn't... This is not any great insight. Don't judge a book by its cover, but everyone does it. This happens all the time in online dating. You see a picture of a person, especially if it's something like Tinder where there's no real bio, and you just create this whole story about who they are. And then if you meet up with them, that doesn't match that. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that throws it off because it's ridiculous to think that you've got a person pegged based on this picture alone. But that is what happens. People do form ideas. And with you, I I feel like maybe, eh, I'll say maybe there was a bit of intimidation. But quickly, that dispersed because... You said I acted like a weirdo, so obviously I felt confident or well, confident and comfortable yeah. around you to an extent, and you're a weirdo yourself. Yeah. Am I a weirdo? You're a weirdo in your own case. I mean, it's a very broad definition, weirdo. Yeah. I, was, I had a very hard time for a very long time being called a weirdo because the first time it was ever thrown at me, I was a kid, and I was just being myself. I don't know what I was doing, and someone said, you're weird. Yeah. And it really hurt my feelings. Yeah. I, I, so I'm, I think being a weirdo is cool and is fine unless you're like a, like a real, like a deviant weirdo. That's different. But to call someone weird is different than being a weirdo. You know, calling someone weird is like instantly putting this end to whatever sort of interesting or creative thing is going on. You're weird. Yeah. It shuts it down. Yeah. Whatever is happening, you're exactly right. In that moment, done. Yeah, it's a total rejection. You're weird. I like to think quite often people look at me, you, whoever, give me anyone, say you're weird. And I would like to say, what's weird to you is normal to me. What's normal to you is boring to me. <laughs> because really, I think in, in, I like this, in this case, what we're talking about being weird is not conforming to just the way... People think they're supposed to act. Yeah. This is what normal people do. So maybe some people aren't acting. That's just the way they are. But when you make noises for no reason, like you have a case of Tourette's, then I guess it's kind of strange behavior. See, you, yeah, that's what you were doing without the Tourette's. And at the time, I just, it tickled me endlessly. I just loved it. Um, and you know, we were working with someone at the time, the producer of the show who was not 
very kind to me. Who was also our age. Yes, who was also the same age as us. And uh, he seemed to have a closer friendship with you. And even though I was sort of eager and interested and, you know, would do anything for that station or to, to be there, to be a part of something, he did not nurture that hardly at all. And it was really just, I don't, I mean, maybe some of it had to do with me being good at certain things, like being a hard worker or being really just being interested. So I didn't, I would do the work, you know, and pleasant to be around. He did not, he did not give me anything, you know, I, it was really just me being around and being fun to be around at that station that really got me anywhere, I think. It is a, that, that dynamic did exist. Yeah, he didn't like put in a good word in the promotions department for me. It was just like, hey, this person's around Autumn. Can you do this? All right, you're a promotions person now. <laughs> okay, cool. I showed up at places. I didn't like abandon them. I wasn't just like call, like I was doing anything that they wanted. It wasn't because this guy, anyway, I, I still feel a little Well, hopefully you felt like I was on your side a bit. Yeah, it was back then though, you weren't as, maybe you still, uh, maybe you were sensitive. You didn't seem as sensitive. You were like a wild person back then, I felt like. How so? When you say wild. You're way, now you're way more calm and thoughtful. And I was I, capricious. I would just do things yeah. for the sake of doing them. I was always a pretty sensitive person my whole life. That wasn't I just, as... I just hit it. Yeah. Or I, I, you know, I wasn't even purposely hiding it. It was just my way of dealing with it. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do with these feelings. They're overwhelming. So I don't Maybe know I just age. didn't know you like that back then. No, I, no. We mostly had fun. Not like talking about stuff like that's not interesting and, or fun, but it's just at the time it was like more about partying. There's, and, there's a reason I'm 37 and still single. It was like I've <laughs> struggled becoming comfortable with people to the point where I'm spilling everything that's on my mind. And Yeah. Uh, no, so, you know, that gauge is on. I wasn't, I guess, it was sensitive, but it wasn't there. Yeah. Out in the open. Um, it was a weird thing to, to balance at that time, though, because I think we're all the same age. Uh, a lot of people at the station were the same age as us. Uh, and, you know, people want to work in radio. That's why you're interning at the radio station. Mm -hmm. And I do, I don't think he was out in the open and completely blatant, but I do feel like there was competition that went on and sometimes cliques were formed and mm. people were alienated and I never really liked any of that. So, but I was also trying to play that game a bit. Yeah. I didn't want to play the game, but that is the game. So you have to work. You were trying that. to survive in that environment. Yeah. Cause I wanted to work in radio. Yeah. But outside of that, like, it was a good experience being at a rock radio station when you're, well, we were still underage at that point. We were 20 years mm -hmm. old. So uh, we were working in promotions. Yeah. We were going out to a lot of these rock station promotions. And I don't know if it should be said or not. It wasn't condoned by the station, but <laughs> there was drinking going on. And oh, it was yeah. just, it was just a fun time overall. And I think, you know, that experience in itself being around um, a rock station. And I know the culture of radio was already changing. So radio at some point, I think like people think of rock radio being this really wild landscape. Mm -hmm. like Coke on the program director's desk and stuff. Yeah. And by this point, the Telecommunications Act of 1996, which allowed ownership of multiple stations and allowed Clear Channel to get so big that it had taken hold. Mm -hmm. And 96 Rock was part of that because how many other stations were in that building? It was... 
six? Yeah, it was it was probably six, five or six. Yeah. Uh, so corporate ownership was on its way in, but there still was a level of rebellion that you would associate. Mm. I mean, it's not it's not even necessarily rebellion, but it's it maybe it is. Society acts this way. Here we are. This is rock and roll. We're supposed to be like this. And I, I didn't think of it that deeply. I just was having fun. But it was a cool place to work and yeah. be at that age. And to It was an office environment, but also very casual. And lots of like fun things going on. And a lot of the people at the station would hang out yeah. and have fun together. Mm-hmm. Like we talk often and you'll bring up, remember that night? And I'd totally forgotten about it. There were so many good nights and fun nights. I was like, oh, yeah, that time that we went to that bar and drank underage. Coyote Ugly. I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want to name. It's gone. Well, there's still one. Open, not in Atlanta anymore. Oh. Yeah, I just, I'm not trying to. I mean, look, nobody knew, I guess. No. We were just doing it. But yeah. There was, and then we were working. And then we'd get in the 96 Rock truck and drive it back to the station after drinking. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the buzz launched, 96.7, the buzz, and there was a vehicle called the Roach Coach. Anyone who doesn't know what the buzz was, it was a small alternative rock station in Atlanta to try to take ratings away from the big alternative rock station, 99X. And because of that, they didn't want to spend money. They just wanted to take some ratings away from 99X to make 96 Rock, the classic rock station, look better in the ratings. Mm -hmm. And so they just threw all of us on the air. I was on the air. 21-year-old kids. (laughs) Yeah. No pay. But going out and driving these vehicles around and I, it was, I'm happy everyone lived. Yeah. It is crazy to think about what we did back then. I mean, I lived out in Lawrenceville and Snellville, you know what I mean? And I was driving sometimes pretty drunk back home or sleeping at your house. It's that way, which we'll, (laughs) we'll get into. Okay. That is one of the things. So that's how we met. Yeah. We met at the radio station. We bonded through the radio station because we continued to. When was the first time I went to your house on Collier? I don't know the first time. I don't either. I I can't recall. Yeah. I remember drinking Southpaw. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Getting Southpaw beer. (laughs) Just sitting there and drinking so many of them. Horrible beer. It just became a weird tradition. I don't know why. I mean, a tradition of <laughs> when I get drunk, my tradition is to drink Southpaw. Yeah. That was the tradition. Cheap garbage beer. So that's where it began. Mm-hmm. Next on the list was, did we ever date? So you would think, here are these two people. Yeah, two young people getting drunk. The same age. Mm-hmm. They seem to enjoy each other's company. Did you ever date? And we can even carry that over. Did you ever have sex? Did you ever right. kiss? No. No. Never. And there were, there were, I know, was it two or three times where I slept in your bed? I think the first time I stayed over at your house, it was in Coll- your apartment in Collier. And you were on the futon. And there was like a chair next to the futon. Well, the futon was my bed. Right. Yeah. So you flattened out the, the couch that turned into the futon, right? You're sleeping on that, and I was supposed to sleep on the chair. And I was like, fuck this. I don't want to sleep on this chair. I'm sleeping in, I'm ca- I'm crawling in bed with you. And I felt, no, like, 
I'm going to get in the bed. No, it was just like, I want to get in the bed. I want to lay in the bed. I don't want to lay on this chair. Well, there was also another time you were over there. And for some reason, you were on the floor. Oh, yeah. And then instead of you coming to the futon, I got on the floor. Yeah. And slept next to you. I remember. So yeah. it was a, there was a sweetness to the, to the relationship. Yeah. I don't know why there wasn't a pull for more. I don't. And this isn't, you know. I hope you take no offense because mm-hmm. I know you feel the same way. It wasn't a resistance. No. It wasn't, oh, I want to do this, but shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know. It wasn't there. It wasn't. It, I felt like there was more to it than that. I think, look, at that point. Do you I feel knew. like there must be more to it than that? When there isn't? Or? No, no. I'm saying more to whatever relationship is, was mm-hmm. then. Let's not even talk about now because was at that point i think you know i liked you and cared about you more than just one night getting it on is going to be worth it yeah and i didn't i didn't think about it that far ahead at all i didn't either but i i'm just i'm trying to subconsciously there's always reasons for things and the attraction made that could be it there just wasn't that attraction there yeah and that's why it didn't happen but i do f- feel like there was a sense of like, I really care about her. And this to me means more. It's like, hey, we'll just sleep next to one another, which is a very vulnerable position to be in. Yeah. And we're going to go unconscious next to one another and trust (laughs) that nothing bad's going (laughs) to happen. Well, I mean, I trusted you not to, not to take advantage or anything. Um, Like you were never, you never gave off like a creepy, even um even just like a normal sort of man type of thing where it's like i i am vulnerable cuz i'm a woman and i'm drunk and then you're a man and you can't help you almost i guess that's a pretty like um troubling thing to think you know like he just can't help himself yeah that's bullshit i've never bought into it not for a second yeah well that's the way i guess i'm thinking now is that when I say it's bullshit, that does exist, and women do have to think about things like that. Right. And that is That's true. Okay, so it does exist. It exists. When I say it doesn't exist, I'm talking about a guy saying, I'm a man. What do you expect? That's the part I don't buy into. Yes. To understand, though, that that is there, that biology to push sex, not to, put, not, not to push sex like, come on, do it. No, but like that, that drive is there more for him than it might be for her. That is real. So that is something that women do need to think about and men probably need to think about that. That is, yes, again. Just to be aware of their own bodies. But we what that means. are thinking creatures who are capable of making choices right. and to say, I couldn't control it. No, I know what you mean. No. Well, what I'm saying is I didn't ever have that thought about he's going to try and push some sex on me because I'm going to get in the bed. I never thought that you would do that. That's important to me. Yeah. In general, I think being a man, I've always felt as though there's a responsibility to actually make women feel comfortable because I know what dudes do. Mm-hmm. I was around like high five, got men wanting to get high fives because they had sex. I was like, who cares? Yeah. You had sex. Good. But it doesn't, in my mind. You didn't achieve anything. No. It doesn't make you any greater of a person. If, if anything, it's less right now because you want some acclaim for it. Yeah. So get out of here. Yeah. Do you think like beetles go around, <laughs> like high five each other? Yeah. Do you, 
You think that uh, squirrel like go and goes and high fives his friends. The praying mantis. He's he wants to high five his friends, but, but then she kills him. Yeah. After. Like, oh man, I wanted to tell Jeff. Nope. You're <laughs> done. Out of here. The bug's legs do move a little bit after, so maybe the oh, female yeah. leaves one of the legs and just waves. Maybe she so brings the leg to his friend Jeff, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, Jeff's dead. It's because we had sex." And then, she, <laughs> then she beheads the the friend. Yep, just because. Good, and that's the way. That's a that's one of the things. It's a shame that men are physically bigger than women. Yeah. If men were still more sexually driven than women, but smaller physically, mm. it would change everything. You think so? Well, because the man could try to come after you. I need to have, I can't control it. If you're physically bigger. Yeah. Just, just like kick them to the side. Get out of here. I think that that's, and we've talked about this before, that that's what made us able to be closer friends because the sex part wasn't there and never happened. So that way we don't ever have to worry. Well, it, it could have messed things up along the way. Or we could have just ended up where we are now. But the gamble of whether that would have happened or not, whether we would end up here right now, might be different. Yeah, and I don't even think there was a long play in mind. Like you said, you weren't thinking ahead. And there was a point that we drifted apart. We were not close. It's not that we didn't like each other. No. Just I moved to New York. You were living somewhere else. Uh, if it, you were in town, I would. It wasn't like, well, I'm not going to talk to him, you know. But there were times I would come back to Atlanta, and I wouldn't say. see you. Yeah. And it just. And that probably was a message to me, like, oh, all right, he's just. Not. But I never took it like he's not my friend anymore. It was just like happening, just like in the beginning. It just what the 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 sex part wasn't happening. It wasn't there. And then even the, when we weren't friends, I didn't invite you to the wedding. I never thought about it like I'm not inviting, right? It just wasn't. And I don't take offense. Yeah, it just wasn't there. Because, yeah, that was not our relationship at that point. Yeah. It just wasn't. Our relationship is like just existing. You know what I mean? That's a really cool thing. No, I feel like we're not having to work on anything, you know? It just is existing. Yeah, uh, we'll get to this in a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit more work now for. Reasons, because one of the questions is just, you know, being close and being sure the opposite sex who's attracted to the opposite sex is, you know, something that people are curious about navigating. And that's later on down the list. So, okay. um, But yes. Stay tuned, everyone. Your point. (laughs) Don't scrub ahead. Your point is taken. And, you know, outside of sex, we didn't date. I I knew if we ever dated that would. And I stand by this. Still to this day, if we dated at any point, any <laughs> look at my past. Yeah, none of these relationships have lasted. You would have, you would have really, I think, disappointed me, right? Yeah, I because you would have known, pushed me away, kind of thing. And I wouldn't have known how to handle you. Yeah, but I'm sure I would have. I was a pain, more of a pain <laughs> back then. I think what's we, wrong? You okay? Yeah, we certainly would have fed into like nothing, nothing into each other's <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. worst impulses. Yeah. I would have made you more anxious. Yeah. You would have made me more avoidant. Oh my God. And then your, uh, your avoidant would like kill me because I wouldn't be able to like unlock that 
lock. I did. I, I don't have the key for you. And I'm trying to all these different keys. Like I'm trying to figure it out and I wouldn't be able to because you wouldn't do it. And the probably. key would have been to leave the door alone and I would have opened it. Right. Because ultimately oh, what, what happens does too. Does a tree fall in the woods if there's nobody there to hear it? Well, ultimately what happens is then <laughs> clapping. if you're feeling bad because I'm being avoidant, I'm aware of that. And then I feel bad that I'm making you feel bad. But mm. it, it becomes this layered, convoluted thing. But there's no escaping it for me when that pressure is there. Yeah. I, I, that's something I could not handle. And I could not leave it alone. Now I am better at like, okay, let's let everybody process what's going on. And then we'll come back together and solve whatever we're mad at each other about. But back then, mm-mm. No. We have to so- I This, this uh, wound is bleeding. We got to sew it up. <laughs> you know? And you're like, no. It just needs to coagulate on its own. Which I don't fully believe anymore either. Like there's sometimes of, though you need to be left alone. Yeah, not just what you, I'm but saying anybody. though is sometimes you don't need it to coagulate on its own, but it does need to bleed a little bit. Yeah. Before you fix it. Yeah. You can't just immediately stop the bleeding. No. So both ways are probably not the best ways. Right. To go about it. So I think somewhere, at least in my mind. Like if we date, this is not nowhere good. Yeah. It goes nowhere good. Mm -mm. So we never cross that line. Mm -hmm. And then one of the other things, uh, we can wrap up this question is you did have sex with a lot of people I knew. So (laughs) Well, we ran in the same circle. Yeah, I'm not judging you for it. (laughs) I'm not, but in my mind, like it's not a lesser thing. Let me put it that way. Oh, I think less of her now because of that. It's just a, oh, well, I know that this person and she's been with this person and this. And now I would just overthink that. Yeah. If the situation ever came up, I would think of those people instead yeah. of being in the moment with you. Yeah. That's what I bring that up for. I, yeah, I never once judged you for any of it. Yeah. When you bring it up, I do feel a little embarrassed. But then also I feel like I was in my 20s. Shouldn't be Every once in a while I was single and I would like flex that sex muscle and see what that was like with other people. And then... You know, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It just so happens one of them was my best friend at the time. <laughs> Another one was older guy at the station, but who I liked. Yeah. Who else was there? I mean, you dated Tim. Andrews. Tim, yeah. There was a promotions person. Yeah. Uh, who else was there? Nobody else. Yeah, that's fine. We don't need to actually go through it all. Yeah. Maybe there was more. Maybe there wasn't. No. But look, those people, yeah, they're not around. Well, Tim is because the radio show. And Tim, me and Tim's relationship ended in a crazy cuckoo way with like some aggression. And we're still friends. I re- well, I was around for, was that the night of the breakup? There was some night, and I don't want to go too much into this because it's Tim's life. But It wasn't, we didn't break up that day and then see each other that night, but I we had... We had broken up very recently and everything was cool until that night because he found out that I was already sort of dating Wade. Yeah. And yeah, he got really upset. But who, I mean, which he shouldn't have been upset because our relationship was definitely over, you know, and. There's still a feeling of rejection, even if it's over at that point. And to know that you're already dating someone else makes you think. Well, this was start. This started before we officially ended. Yeah. Even if the relationship was over before the official end. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I had never, I didn't cheat on him. I didn't like get with, I didn't like get with Wade before we were officially broken up. But yeah, he was really mad. And there was just like a, a sort of like holding back in a bar type of moment. I've, yeah, yeah. And you were there. I was there. You took I, Tim away? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. And we don't have to go into details. Because well, that's, that's interesting. Just, it's interesting, but yeah. that's also his story. I don't know how much he wants people knowing. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm not going to go into someone else's life. I'll share whatever. But I think there was a sense that I wanted to protect you, but not in a mm-hmm. patronizing way. Like she can't way. handle it. And I hope that never came off. But it's always, we were just talking about this. So last year when we went to the David Byrne concert at the Fox Theater, uh, people were jumping up and down. It's a concert. And I felt like the whole level shaking. Yeah, we were on the mezzanine. Yeah, and I had this fantasy of it collapsing and you were standing next to me. And there was an idea. It's like, oh, if this thing starts to fall, I've got to wrap Autumn up <laughs> and I'll take the impact of the fall. Human shield. And if I die, so be it. She gets to live and go back and see her kids. Thank you. <laughs> it's not, but <laughs> Thank you for your dying That's for just me. illustrative of the way I've felt about it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know there was points we would go to parties and I'd say, you're right. I'd say, yes. I'd say, all right, see ya. And but you, you did check before you left. Like you, you did come to me and say, are you sure you're okay? I mean, like you did, that was back then, that was like the little uh, peek into your sensitivity um, and like thoughtfulness back then, because otherwise it wasn't really on display as, as much as it is now. But yeah, back then that was the, th- those were the moments where I could see like, oh, it was really nice. <laughs> and I would check in with you the next morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how'd it go? And like, well, I had sex with. That guy is yeah. your best friend, and there was another guy in the room who watched. No, he did not watch. <laughs> he drunkenly stumbled into the room and laid next to me, tried to make out with me. I was like, go, get out of here. I guess there was one night, though, when you were trying to get to my apartment. Yeah. And I didn't answer my phone. I was asleep. Yeah, I was trying to get through your gate. And someone ugh, someone else that night said, if you run into trouble, just give me a call. I'll help you out. And he came and got me. And then I was like, oh, let's make out. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So. But you know what was nice about that? That person is like a, you know, semi-notorious, um, like, ladies' man kind of thing. And there were a lot of, like, bimbos around the station that, you know, report, you know, maybe had sex with him also. But he, it always seemed like he was the predator sort of in those situations. And I felt like I was the predator in that, in our situation. So <laughs> I feel like at least it wasn't like he was trying to make a move on me. It's like, I wanted to make a move on him, even though it was, we were just drunk. I was drunk. It's empowering though. The role reversal. It, it, at the time it wasn't empowering. It was just at, thinking about it afterwards. It makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about it you now. Cause it wasn't like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like he really kind of pushed it. Like, no, I I was in charge. I did it. If only I had answered the phone. Yep, wouldn't happen. You could have just rolled under the gate. You're right. I probably was excited. Like, oh, I'll call that person. Wow. You know, you're living the life. You're young. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope it's never come off. Like, I I very well I very well know that you're able to take care of yourself. Yeah. Just, no, it's just. No, just because you're a man and I'm a woman doesn't mean that if you offer help that you think I'm weak. You're just like worried about someone else. That's all. But I've always felt that pull with you more oh. than I think <laughs> other people. Yes. 
So that is something that plays into our dynamic. Fit it into the puzzle however you wish. I wonder why. Why is that? I am, we can, I'm not going to waste time trying to psychoanalyze it now. Okay. If you Next really question. want an answer, I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> uh, how close are we now? I think it's pretty obvious. So close. Yes. And we've only gotten closer since. Yeah. So coming back into each other's lives, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was. So obviously the Von Hessler Doctrine, which started as the podcast in the basement, I was in Atlanta doing that with Eric. You were part of that. So we were back physically around each other. But I know that you were doing some test shows with Eric at some point. And we were talking because I remember listening to one. And I think I wrote you and said that you sounded good on the show. And that was before I even knew what the future of any of this was. And I didn't know I was going to be in Atlanta. So I, I, do you remember when we got back into each other's lives? So just so it's easy to follow along. It's like we meet radio station days around 2007. That's when I moved to New York. Okay. Things already starting to die off. Yeah. Our contact. And then several years. 20... 2013, maybe? 2012? It was somewhere around there, but I just don't remember why we started maybe speaking. Maybe it was just very little. You showed up at, um, you were in town and you came with us or maybe you met us uh, at that weird recording studio place, remember? Um, With Eric and maybe Albanese? Yeah, Michael Albanese. That, That was the early incarnation of... But I feel like I had you weren't listened. staying in town back then. No, I feel like I'd listened to an episode of that though, and that's yeah. when I heard you. And it's go oh, autumn. Yeah. So maybe that's all it was. I was excited to see you back around anytime that you came back. I mean, we we were in contact before uh, after you moved uh, to New York because you would come back, and I remember talking with you outside of Top Fleur. Is that restaurant? And you were telling, I was saying like, I'm kind of single right now, but I'm already dating someone. I want to be able to date. You're like, no. We're not those type of people. We don't do that. Not like as an insulting, like, oh, we don't do More like, no, we're just not that kind of person. You just can't like, I can't, we can't spread our attention out like that to different people and not just like date someone, one person because. Because ultimately if you, if you are single and you start dating multiple people, you're going to like one more than the others. Right. And that's what happens. And then you're like, why are you? Yeah. So you said that and it almost gave me like, oh, you're right. I really am not. I want to be that person, but I'm just not. Um, so yeah, that was somewhere after you moved back because you were back in town visiting. Oh, I never moved back. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Officially. Whenever you had come to Atlanta to visit. For... Yeah. So. See how defensive I get? I never left New York and I would never leave New York. <laughs> I never will. Um, so I. Yeah. So, so, so we... when did you come back to help edit the movie? Scarred but smart. So I would come back to help edit. Uh, that was the documentary that Eric Von Hessler did on the band driving and crying. Mm-hmm. I would come back to edit that here and there. That that goes all the way back, I feel, 2010. And when he would... That's when I talked... That's when you talked to me about dating because I was starting to date Travis, like, instantly. And you're like, no. Okay. You so, can't date. But that was, it was... Okay, then... But I came back yeah. to finish the edit and we did the podcast in the basement in January 2014. 14, okay. And then so we started... Getting closer then, again. I feel like I, I feel like I never really knew you until, until we started 
coming back together for those live shows for the Von Hessler Doctrine, doing the live lounges. Which one in particular? Was there something? Was there a moment? I don't think I knew myself. <laughs> Maybe not. Here's the thing. I used to think I was so self-aware. Mm -hmm. I'm a very self-aware person. I realized I was just self-centered. Hmm. There's a difference. I was always thinking. What's the difference? What, what in your life, how does that mark as different? Self-aware is your place in the world, how that is having an impact on other people, mm -hmm. what your presence can bring to other people, how it can change situations. Me worrying about something constantly, oh, this thing happened, and oh my God, I can't get over it, and I feel so bad, and that's, that's not doing anything. You felt like that was being self-aware because you were thinking about how you were- But I was just thinking about how I was feeling. Right, right, right. That's it. It's <laughs> the only thing. Yeah. So that was just self-centered. And I feel like there was a shift or the beginning of a shift at some point. Yeah. And I was able to express myself more clearly and better and to understand people around me and how I had an impact on them. I think it all clicked right before we were gonna we recorded our first episode of this show. I think before that it was the same like Oh, he's calmed down more. He's texting that I love you, which is great as a friend, you know, like all of a sudden he's Greg's going through something where he's feeling open and he's can be honest. And I'm all about that. You know, like whenever you're ready, I'll be there to catch that. I like that. And that's with like any friend. And then I think it really clicked when I was in town, you were in town. I what we were trying to get this podcast started. We weren't even sure what exactly it was going to be. Yet, it was that first episode that we recorded. It was before that. It was the night before. And you, we were like not synced up. We kept saying like, let's meet up and we'll meet up and then we'll meet up and then we'll meet up. And then I never contacted you in time. And then it just wasn't happening. And then you finally, I was annoyed that night. And you came and found me. And we talked about why I was annoyed. And the way that you approached me about it I was able to take the emotion of being annoyed out of it and just communicate with you and tell you that I was annoyed because you weren't, you didn't give me a sign like if whatever I'm going to communicate with you is going to hurt your feelings. You weren't giving me that. You were like, what's up? You know, like, tell me what's, you know, and I was like, yeah, I was annoyed. I think maybe you even asked me like, were you annoyed or whatever? I was like, yeah. I was able, I felt safe enough to open up to you and be able to tell you exactly my feelings about you and you took that and you understood them. And then you also told me like, well, you didn't text me. And I was like, you're right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, snap, done, easy. Well, the first step of that, and I agree with you that this, that was a big moment in us progressing Yeah. Uh, in our relationship. But a big part of that is you were annoyed. Don't, dis like I I'm very aware. I'm not dismissing a person's feelings. I like to operate in logic. I want to talk about things reasonably. Mm -hmm. And in the past, that was a big part of dismissing emotions. Like, get rid of it because this is muddying the waters. I want to talk about this thing logically. But emotions are very valid. And to dismiss a person's feelings immediately, you're getting nowhere. Yeah. And it's not even a game. Like, I, it's not just, oh, well, here's a model I am following. Here's the list of rules. Do not dismiss person's feelings. Yeah. No, it's understand the feelings. They're feeling that way for a reason. 
Acknowledge the feelings. It's intertwined in a logic. Don't get defensive about it. Even if you're the cause of a person being annoyed, trust that they're reasonable enough to not hate you forever. Yeah. It's a, that's an anxiety thing. It's like, well, I made this person upset and I can't. And that's another self-centered thing. But I, I, the moment I was able to stop making everything about myself, I could look at a moment like that and say, okay, well, she's annoyed at me and that's okay. Right. To have negative feelings towards me. And yeah. then to move on from there and then not yeah. dismiss you and just have a real conversation about it. Yeah. Because if we hadn't, or if you, when you dismiss someone else's feelings, it only makes them want to defend those feelings even more and maybe makes them bigger than they are. Because if you just validate the feeling, it shrinks it almost. You're like, yeah, I was annoyed. Instead of the person having to defend the why they're annoyed and uh, you know. So that really, I think that changed everything. It's like, oh man, I can really trust this. Because that night I was thinking, I was writing down in this book different names of the podcast because we didn't even have a name yet. And I was thinking maybe I won't put his name in it because maybe he's going to sort of flake and not really commit to doing this with me. Because that is a problem with a podcast, right? You start it with all good intentions and then it's like, oh, I'm actually not really invested in this. I don't. And so we miss a week or two. Well, the other podcast I'm doing. Yeah usual rejects and granted they're busy mm-hmm. uh, because the, the one guy's running a theater and he has things going but yeah that it's kind of fallen off and I think it does happen with quite a few podcasts and I wanted to make sure that if we did this that wouldn't happen that was a big thing I had to come to terms see, with see I wasn't sure about that yet you know well that's why I was because you could say anything you could tell me all day that you're interested and you want to do it but then when it comes down to what, me trying to squeeze a time in for us to record I felt like it kept getting pushed off and you know you weren't really because because you at that in that conversation you were able to tell me that you were trying to reconcile your feelings about you being on a podcast remember you were saying like why am I important enough like what who am I to give my opinions it's the same thing that we open this show with. I was like, is this too self-indulgent? Right. Every preface you make in every single podcast. No, that's a, that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. That's always going to exist with me. I do have that fear. I don't want, I don't even know why it matters. If someone thinks that I'm full of myself and like, who the hell do you think you are doing this? Why do I care? Yeah. But that was a hard thing for me to sit with the idea. I, was like, I don't even think that. I just, I think that I can do a good show and do something entertaining, but like, that's not real. That's not who I am. But now, you know, I've worked through that. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way that I don't think I'm special. Right. This is just something that we do and I really enjoy it. And it means something to me and hopefully it means something to other people. But but you saying that you don't feel special, I feel like if someone truly, really felt that, that they would be like, well, I don't know. It's just, I guess this could be true because, I don't know, socks are okay. You know what I mean? Yes. You have to feel like your opinion is meaningful or interesting to be able to come up with of course. Yeah, all the content. Yes. there's, it, You know, that is part of it. And that's part of the internal struggle with doing something like this. When you f- don't want to be a certain way because you feel like a value you have is humility. Right. <laughs> and modesty. But then you do something that goes directly against those things because you are putting your voice out there. But like you said before, in this episode, you said, my opinion is an opinion, but it's open to be changed. Yes. It's not a hard and fast stamped in cement opinion. 
So that I do agree that that was a very big moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like for myself, feeling closer to you um, was last fall. So before the David Byrne show. No, it was the David Byrne show. That was mm-hmm. it. That was when we hung out. I was excited because I never, I hadn't had a chance to just hang out with you. I feel one-on-one in quite a while. Like we were around the radio show. Sure. And there were live shows going on. The Von Hessler Doctrine on WSB. So, you know, since we both do that, we were in contact and saw each other. But you came to the Highland Inn because you were staying there Mm -hmm. and I was staying there. Then we went to manuals and then we just sat and listened to all that Phantom of the Opera music. Yeah. And was that the same trip as the David Byrne? It was something if it's not, it was right before that. There was something in September and then David Byrne was in October. If it wasn't the same, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. We Mm -hmm. don't have to figure it out. But (laughs) that was I was I thought I really enjoyed that. That was really fun. And I'm glad that we got to do that. It was like the old days of you living on Peachtree and listening to music and laughing, except we were really uh, sort of understanding why Phantom is great (laughs) instead of making up songs about farts. Yeah, we took Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom, and changed it to Philadelphia Fardom once Mm -hmm. back in, uh, I don't know, 2003. (laughs) It was fine. That was fun. Yeah. But this was bonding over something we both actually liked to. Yes. So that happened. And then there was the night that you brought up in December before we recorded our first podcast. And Mm -hmm. then I think starting the podcast, going from there, it just snowballed. Yeah. Because this is a very intimate show. I've realized that I am not as honest as I thought I was. You know, just, yeah, just realizing the, the person that I project myself to be, I think is the same as who I actually am, but maybe sometimes it's not. And everyone does that. Yeah. I I do it. I I think that I'm doing a better job of putting everything out there realistically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's always going to be things you hold back or you don't say, or for whatever reasons, Yeah, reasons we've gotten into in other shows, um, that does still happen, but. You know, now you're aware of it. Yeah. And if it's something that bothers you, you can, awareness is the first step. Yeah. Well, sometimes your honesty is different than my honesty. And I want to get to a place where my honesty can be as honest as yours. Well, thanks. You want to go? It's, uh, it's mostly there. Most of it is there. No, I, yes. They're just like little things about me that I don't reveal that maybe I can figure out a way to reveal them and be more comfortable with that. And if you want to reveal them. Mm-hmm. And if I want to. And if I, yeah, if I'm, com- yeah, find like a balance. Just because I think it's a new idea about myself at 37 that I've realized. There's not, it's never too late to get there. No, you're right. It really isn't. A lot of people don't even ever think about such things. Yeah. But harboring things that you feel ashamed by, and this was addressed in the Secrets episode, mm-hmm. so we don't have to go too into it, but is something that can be poisonous yeah. over time. Um, but if it doesn't have that weight, then you don't necessarily have to share it. Right. It's, you know, you make the decisions. But uh, I think the, one of the big things is a fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I do this, then what are people going to think of me? They're going to think different of me? Maybe some people will. Yeah. But the people who care about you won't. And right. if they do, then it, they don't really care about you. Are there more questions? Yes. Um, so talking about how close we've become... Mm-hmm. How does this friendship impact other relationships? Yeah. And 
when you were saying before, oh, it's, it's always been easy mm-hmm. to just yeah have a friendship. But as you become closer, as we are, and what society dictates roles for men and women are, especially, you know, I just got out of a relationship, but I was in a relationship and we're getting closer and you're married. And so with Travis, people, well, how is this something that can exist? Yeah. And my question is, why can it exist? Why shouldn't it exist? It's a real shame if people are living their lives not getting close to other people because that's not something that's allowed. Right. But it does require navigation. It does. It does. Um, I think our relationship is good at existing, um, but there is some sort of maintenance that I do between Travis and I about our relationship. Not like, not like tricking or anything, but just to like, just if, if you were a woman, I wouldn't feel like he should see examples of our friendship because there's no threat and there is no threat to Travis and my relationship. But I feel like there needs to be just like a little bit of something to show Travis to keep him, to keep him, to like make sure that he's comfortable with it. And because I don't want to disrespect his, our relationship or his feelings, no matter what they might be, whether they're valid or not, or I guess that doesn't even matter. It's just whatever he might be feeling. So there is a little bit more of like checking in with him. Like, is this cool? Are you cool with that? Like, you know, and one, I think it has to do with my and our relationship together, Travis and I, that I'm not unhappy in my life. I'm not unhappy with our relationship. And so it doesn't, maybe if there were problems in this relationship uh, with me and Travis, then maybe it, it would be like a little bit more suspect how close we've gotten. But because we're fine, he doesn't have any reason to worry. But that's, some people would say that's the problem with it mm-hmm. because things are good and this could introduce problems. Sure. Well, if you want to call sort of including a little bit of maintenance a problem, I don't see it as that because this is just the way it is. You are a man and I am a woman. You are not another lady. And my relationship with like Michelle is, I wouldn't say different, but it is a little bit. I was saying this like I wish sometimes... (laughs) I kind of wish sometimes you were a girl so that I could like touch you more. You know what I mean? Or like when Michelle, you know, when we were in New York together, I would like played with her hair and I tried to braid it and I just like would touch her and hug her and stuff. And sometimes I feel like I can't do that as much with you because it sends a signal, not to you. We know each other's like relationship and what is happening, but like if I was touching you a lot in front of Travis, it would, I feel like it might introduce a little bit of uncomfortableness. Yeah. And when I say that a relationship this close between two people who, because we're opposite sex. Yeah. And it could, it just requires a lot of communication all around. Yeah. And I think that you wanting to play with my hair in front of your husband, that's a line that, yes, that's. No. Yeah, when line. I say that, I think yeah. these relationships can exist 
and I and I think it's a shame that they don't more often. There are reasons to that. I do understand. Right. And even with us, there are rules that have to be set forth. And like you're talking about how Travis's feelings are important. Like they're important to me too. Like right. I, I've told you in all of this, there are other people who are involved. And yeah. if anything ever makes them feel uncomfortable, it's very important to address that. And when I was dating Christina, for example, uh, she knows that I like Phantom of the Opera. And then you came to New York and I had to have a discussion with her about it. Mm-hmm. I think she felt a little intimidated by it. It was never a point when don't do that. No, right. uh, she you know, expressed how it was making her feel and we worked through that. And those are things that need to be addressed and discussed because if not, then it does leave the other person wondering. Right. And then filling in the blanks. Yeah. So those are things. With the worst ideas, right? That scare them the most. Of course, because why aren't you telling me anything? Right. Yeah. And there may be a reason you're not telling them something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with us, because we are close and we do this show and you know to say that there are no feelings that come about at times Mm -hmm. is a lie right but talking about them is what keeps you on track to work through them right because again we all know what the options with this are yeah it's like all right we're friends what do we want out of this relationship well there's one thing it's just to stay close yes and continue to be good friends and hopefully become closer and get to a point where it's like, I think we're already there, but it's proof. It's like, look, this can be done. But right. It, uh, it has to take honesty and communication and yes. honesty. And I don't. And honesty. <laughs> I don't know. And this is not, I'm not bragging, but it is difficult. It can be difficult. And so. I understand why most people just say stay away from that. Right. But it, it's a level of comfort with us. Mm-hmm. We've been friends for so long. Yes. The friendship part is natural and easy. And all the shit's out there. Yeah. Most of it. Oh, yeah. I forget what you said earlier that I didn't know about you that offended me. It was oh. something small. Did I say you were weird? You no, were weird I don't no. remember. I said I'm learning something new about you every day. Oh, that I don't brush my teeth in the morning? Yeah, that. (laughs) Okay, there's still things. I'm going to judge you a bit. Listen, I brush... All right, go ahead. (laughs) So there's some judgment. But because we've known each other for so long, and there is a level of comfort where I don't have a fear. I'll tell you something, even if it's embarrassing for me, or it makes me feel vulnerable, or I feel as though I can put it out there. Mm -hmm. And that's an important part of it. If that didn't exist, then sure, I guess maybe none of this would be possible. Right. But going through our relationship to wrap it up, to get to this point, I think all these things we talked about are very important to it in the sense that if we had only known each other three years at this point, four years, probably not. Yeah. But would it be possible to do this? If, if there was a past dating or sexual history, Yeah. would it be possible to be at this point? I don't know. I think that if that had happened, it depends. I think it depends because I look, I would say my instinct is to say that maybe it wouldn't have, but then I think about my relationship with Tim. I mean, Tim and I aren't close, but it's hard to get really close to Tim. So I don't know, but I think we could have figured it out. 
but it might have just you know what we could have figured it out but it does become a thing when there's other people involved yeah, at that point it's like, yeah, well yeah, i'm yeah. not comfortable with this because there is something there yes yeah okay and who knows i don't know the answer to it Mm-mm. all i'm saying is that i look at this and the path that we took mm-hmm. i think was the path that best facilitated closeness of the relationship now mm-hmm. and your personality and my personality as far as like you your change in how you feel about yourself and how you feel about yourself in the world and then me being very interested in thinking about those things you still think i'm the coolest, oh, the coolest. that's really what it boils down to <laughs> that same girl who ended that production studio with that guy wow back in 96 rock what a cool dude. Why is he so cool? He, I don't know. He went into this room and just started screaming and making sounds. I don't know. I just liked it. And now he's evolved his ways. He didn't stick with the same act. Look at this. Uh, cool dude. Cool dude. Different kind of cool <laughs> dude, but still cool. All right. Well, that's it. All right. Thanks. I love you, Autumn. I love you too, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. I hope we love you. Not in the same way, because we don't know you like that. But maybe after, you know, 18 years of knowing you as the audience, we'll love you, you the same way. I made you uncomfortable in saying that, so you had to make a joke. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, I love you. You look me in the eyes. Autumn, I love you too. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to One Topic. Please check out uh, hoffandpepper.com. They have uh, some small batch awesome hot sauce locally made in Chattanooga. You can get 15% off your order with the code ONETOPIC15. We are everywhere online. If you search for us, um, use ONETOPIC. We put in Google. And then, oh, we're in uh, Google Play now. So I guess I don't know if you're interested in Google Play and you're already listening to this, then you probably have already found us on Google Play. But if there is anybody who loves podcasts and you want to tell them about our show, but they only use Google Play, tell them it's there now. So go check us out everywhere online and uh, subscribe, rate us, review us.